and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yardena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Kedubot, daf nun hey, page 55. As promised, however, we're going to start on nun dalad, 54, I'm a bet, because this is a new parak, and this is a new Mishnah introducing the new parak. And yesterday's daf was long enough, and today's daf is short enough that it seems to make sense to kind of, you know, from yesterday and put it on today. Um, we hope you all can appreciate why. So we have, and we all know this, we've talked about this, you know, prior to the mission, prior to this mission in the context of the Gemara, right? We know that a, a virgin will collect 200 dinar for her ketubah and a widow will collect 100 dinar. But if the the whole point of this mission here is to say, if the husband wishes to add, even you know however much he wants to add, he can add even if he wanted to add meyamana, even if he wanted to add a hundred um, dinar, he can, he can do that. Yosef nitamla onit gersha ben min iris. I'm sorry. Um, okay, nitamla onit gersha ben min ha'irusin ben min ha'nisuin. So if she's, what happens if he adds, you know, however much, uh, however much more he wants to add, it doesn't really matter. She then, if she was then be widowed or divorced, either, and this is either from betrothal or from marriage, then, um, then she would collect that entire amount, meaning including the amount that he has added to the baseline, which was either, hundred or two hundred, right? Rebbe Lezer meaning, I'm sorry, just to make it very clear in case it wasn't, even if what he's doing is adding a hundred to the hundred of the widow, so now she's collecting the two hundred, which is comparable to that of the virgin, it doesn't matter, she would still be entitled to collect that, because that's what... So Rebbe Lezer says that the baseline of that 200 or 100 would be collected if there is a death or divorce after a Rusine, after the betrothal time. But the extra that he adds in would not be part of what she collects unless they've actually gone all the way through marriage because the stipulation or the, uh, I, I don't know, underlying assumption that Lazar Ben Azariah makes is that only somebody who's really going to marriage for the sake of marriage to actually get married is really, that's the intent behind uh, you know, adding in that extra sum. Rabbi Huda Omer imratza kotev liv tulash dar shalmatayim vihi kotevet hitkabalti mimcha mana. Ula amana mana vihi kotevet hitkabalti mimcha chamishim zuz. Right? Rabbi Huda says that there's another detail here with regard to the ketubah that the, the husband could write for a virgin, he could write a document that is that says specifically for 200 dinar. And then she can write a receipt saying, I got a hundred dinar from you, meaning she hasn't yet received any of the money. But it's the idea is that it functions then as a way for her to kind of like negate half of the amount that she should be able to collect from the ketubah, in which case, um, even though this is, you know, a mandated um, baseline, it seems that there's kind of a way around it. And likewise for an almana, a widow, in the in the ketubah, and then she could write a receipt saying, 
you know, I've already gotten 50 dinar from you. Rabbi Meir Omer Kol HaPoteach, I'm sorry, I've switched the letters. Kol HaPochit, Livtula Mimataim, Ula Amana Mimana, Harezo Biladznut. Rabbi Meir says, you can't do that, meaning you cannot, she cannot, like, she cannot give a receipt saying you've already paid me this amount and therefore he only owes her half the amount that he would have ordered to begin with. He says, Rabbi Meir says, if you reduce the amount of that baseline of the 200 or the 100 of the ketubah, then fundamentally what you're doing is, um, you know, negating the standardized ketubah, which turns that transaction into what he calls licentiousness. Right, meaning it's as if there's no ketubah, there's no marriage in the contract at all, because the marriage contract has a a definite sum, and if there's going to be any less than that definite sum, then we call that promiscuity, we call that licentiousness, we or prostitution for that matter. Right, we don't call that marriage, according to Rabbi Meir. This is a real machloket between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir. Um, the Gemara here, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Yordana, to to handle really nunhei. Right, moving on to our daf. But um, I just want to note that the Gemara here does say that it, it, the language of the Mishnah um, puts this addition, right? If the husband wants to add to the sum of money, it doesn't say that um, if he wants to write for her, right? It says, the Gemara says specifically, he wishes to add, meaning Ratzel Hosif. So then the idea is that, you know, it's a... It's kind of up to him, right? Meaning there's a baseline of the marriage contract. And then beyond that, it's on, you know, whatever it is that the husband would want to add, you know, that's how we carry on. So, uh, you know, again, I think this mission shows us just how individualistic the two boat actually were. Um, and, you know, that you basically were allowed to add whatever you wanted to it. And that the halacha, we talk about 200 versus 100 is, again, just the bare minimum of what was actually set and it's very very difficult to sort of get off the hook uh if you promise that money now what the dot does and and how it starts off is you know it it begins by getting into that question right which is uh you know first of all it goes through a couple of different examples starting on the previous staff on the bottom of nun dalit um i would bet about some practical differences uh you know somebody who uh says that you got part of her marriage, you know, contract, but didn't get all of it. It has to include this additional sum, someone who demands the payment, someone who violated some mitzvah and is, gets divorced without having their ketubah. We'll talk about some of those examples. We'll learn those later on. Uh, and, and it goes through a bunch of those, um, uh, of those items. Um, and also just pay attention to that. There's again, a difference that we see between, again, this ketubat binyin dichrin, right? This additional marriage contract about male offspring and how these were treated differently between Pumpedita and um, the people who lived in Mata Mechassie. So again, we see regional differences, which is what we saw also on yesterday's staff. But I'm going to read and skip down to something that is on uh, Amud Bet, uh, which has, well, sorry, it starts on Amud Aleph, which, which has to do with this piece of Rabbi Elazar Ben-Azari. So Rabbi Elazar Ben-Azari said in the Mishnah that a woman collects her payment for Hiktubah, right? After marriage gets the main and these additional sums, right? Well, if you, if you get divorced. But let's say you only completed the first half of the marriage session, uh, marriage uh, ceremony, you only did Erosin, you would only get the standard Ketubah. You wouldn't get the additional sum. 
And so the question is why? So Itmar, right? It was said. Rav Rabbi Natan, Chadamar Halachik Rabbi Elazar Ben Azaria, Vachadamar in Halachik Rabbi Elazar Ben Azaria. So Rav and Rabbi Natan and Machlokas, do we hold by this with like Rabbi Elazar Ben Azaria that if it's after Erusin, you only get the standard ketuba, not the additional uh, payment or the additional promised money? Um, and one says, you know, we paskin like him, one says we don't. Tis time to Rabbi Natan who? So we're going to say, um, uh, you know, we, we basically conclude that Rabbi Natan, right, is the one who said that halacha is in, uh, is in accordance with Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria. Why? To Amar halacha Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria, right? Because we heard that Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria, right, has the same opinion. Dishmainin laid the Rabbi Natan. Holds like Rabbi Natan, or Rabbi Natan really would say holds like Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria. The Azil Batar Umadna. So what is it that he holds? He holds by what we would in English translate as the principle of assessing intention. In other words, let's say somebody didn't say something explicitly, right? The Beitin is going to make an, an assessment of what his intention must be and then decides the halacha based on that intention. And so what the idea would be with Rabbi Elezer ben Azarias is that that additional sum was only promised because of an intention that you were going to get married. You were going to get the full Averson and, uh, you know, uh, Nisuin part. You were going to do the full, both parts of the marriage ceremony, right? If that doesn't happen, you don't actually get married, That then like he never intended to pay her that extra money because it was only there if they actually were going to get married. And that's what this idea of the Azal Batar Umadna means, right? Is that he follows this Batar Umadna. It's, 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 it's figuring out what the assessment is. And so now they're going to bring another halakha that Rabbi Natan teaches where we see this idea of assessment, right? So Rabbi Natan said the halakha is like Rabbi Shuman Shizuri in the case of an ill person who's in danger, right? So what are we talking about? Let's say somebody's very sick and they say, write a bill of divorce for my wife, right? Like in other words, why? Because what they understand it is he wants to divorce her because he thinks he's going to die, and therefore, she will not have to do yibum, basically, right? So it's a way of absolving her of having to do yibum by, by divorcing her. So even though he didn't say it, right, Rabbi Natan basically says the court has to basically, like, assess that situation and figure out what was the husband's intent. Did he really mean to d- divorce his wife or did he mean only to divorce his wife if he actually was going to die? And based on that, that's what the court has to figure out. And the, another example they give is betrumat maser shel demai, right? When it comes to truma maser from demai. So remember, demai is produce that we're not sure whether truma was taken from, right? And so in other words, any produce that you get from an am ha'aretz, right? Which in the times of the mission of the Gemara means basically just a person who was not meticulous about doing truma and maser. So when you buy demai and you're a person who's meticulous about those things, you need to take truma and maser. But Rabbi Natan rules like Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, right? That let's say somebody bought Demai. You separated the Truma. Okay, you separated the Truma at Maser. In other words, that's the, the, the you separated Truma at Maser. And then what did you do? Uh, sorry, you separated at the Truma. The Truma, right, gets back mixed in with all of the produce, okay? And so the question is, do you treat all the produce then like Truma which basically means you would have to sell it to a Kohen 
at a very low, low cost because he's the only person who can eat it. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says that in the case of a demai, you actually can go back to the owner and you can say to the owner, did you, even though you know the owner's an Amaris, can you say, did you actually separate out Truman Maser? And if he says he did, you actually can rely on that, even though he's an Am Haaretz. But the Chachamim say, uh, no, you know, they don't, they, they actually, they only would apply that if it would, you know, uh, cause a lot of significant damage, right? And Rab doesn't follow this idea of this, you know, assessing something. Right? And so then they're going to try to go through and explain maybe Rub does actually hold this. So they're going to go through a whole uh, example of somebody's giving a gift on his deathbed. But I just thought this was a very interesting concept, this idea that sometimes there are cases where we know somebody makes a promise or gives a gift or makes a suggestion of something. It's not clear what their actual intention was. And therefore, the bait dean has to get involved to really assess what the intention is. And so I can see why they bring this principle is with this regarding the mission with Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and why Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah's opinion makes sense, right? Because the idea is, is that like, you only promise that extra sum because you assume you're actually going to get married. But if you never actually go through the full marriage, you didn't promise that extra sum. Then you just do the standard ketubah. And I think that's what they mean by actually assessing the, the intention here. I think it's sharp insight to be able to say, well, obviously he's adding the extra sum because of this kind of long-term planning for somebody he's going to spend the rest of his life with or whatever, right? Barring the case of, you know, death or divorce, right? So so I think that it's very sharp to be able to say, clearly that's what's going on. I think we could probably come up with cases where somebody would, you know, want to be want to add to the ketubah money even if they weren't going to go through with it. But I think we could also come up with cases where somebody would want to add to the ketubah money despite, you know, even at the level of betrothal, right? Meaning, uh, you know, the, the same kind of soap operas, soap opera scenarios that we've seen in the past, I don't know, where you could see, like, somebody's insulted somebody else, they're going to make amends, they're going to add to it, or, I, I don't know, or, or in the case, the easy case, I guess, is where somebody is no longer a virgin, but should have been a virgin, right? So adding to the case, even from the time of betrothal, to, to even things out, right? Meaning, let's say somebody who was raped and is now getting married, and maybe she does isn't always going to be entitled, she might be entitled to my time, I understand, to the 200 zoos, but what if she's not? I, I don't know. Like I said, we can make the scenarios. On the other hand, I still think it's very sharp that he says, of course, that's what it's for. <laughs> I think that's an understanding that, like, yes, this is a tremendous leeway with the ketubah itself, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that's, like, you know, but also understanding people don't just give out extra money or add on, you know what I mean, just to add on. Although we do this nowadays, right? Meaning the standard ketubah, which, by the way, is very rarely put into play anyway, even in the event of divorce, um, there's very often tosafot in, in a standard ketubah nowadays. Yeah, no, that's true. And, uh, you know, but again, I think seeing sort of, I think we're also seeing again through the Mishnah, it's clear to me through the Gemara and Mishnah so far, these things were not set. We're definitely seeing this clearly evolve on the pages itself. A hundred percent. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rankus review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. 
Let us know what you thought about this app and our Talking Time at Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.